0: Hey, Magic Makers, summer is coming and we all know that I am all about that flip-flop life. I can't wait for summer, even though it feels like it lasts for like a minute here in Boston. And for many of us, summer comes and it means barbecues, beach days, and vacations galore. And especially after the last few years we've had, I don't know about you, but I'm looking so forward to this summer. It's probably one of the first summers in a couple of years that we don't have a lot of restrictions coming our way. But maybe instead of thinking about the fun, maybe you're like, well, all that fun comes at a cost to my health goals. And I get it. It is hard enough to stay on track most of the year. What are you supposed to do when it comes to summer? How are you supposed to stick to your diet and your workout plans when summer temptations are everywhere? That is why I created the Guilt Free Summer Guide. This guide will help you to enjoy summer without sacrificing your health goals. You will find simple, no nonsense tips and advice for staying on track this season. I have broken the guide into six big rocks. These are the big things that, if you focus on them, they are going to be the dial movers, right? We're not into that nonsense bullshit. We want to focus on what's really going to help us stay on track, keep on track, and keep those pounds off. So head over to the show notes and grab this guide. Welcome to the fit girl magic podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic makers! I am so excited today. I had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Noah Polak, and I just, I really like when I vibe with like-minded people who are echoing the same message that I am because, you know, I am the anti-diet culture messaging, and so is Dr. Noah Polak, but she's doing even more incredible work. She's working with children, really helping them during those formative years where we start to really ingrain in our minds about what our bodies are, what they should look like, how we should feel. And, you know, if you ever remember your awkward preteen, teen years, there's a lot of moving parts there. And having to try to help kids navigate that, as well as having to help parents have the, com- the conversations, you know, when we grew up, you weren't seeing bodies like every 30 seconds. 30 seconds, heck, every three seconds thrown in front of you, you know, we saw, we subscribed to magazines. We had to wait for them to come out once a month. And so during my conversation, she just unpacked a lot of fabulous things that I think for many of you who do have uh teens, preteens in the house, how do you handle these conversations? And you know, it's all about talking about asking them for permission, right? Working with them to understand that it is a health journey, that there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times, there's going to be ups and downs. And as adults, sometimes we lose sight of that, even in our own weight loss journey. It is where we have to be. And it's focusing on, you know, not being the food police or labeling food or being a food pusher or giving them mixed messages, you know, using your pediatrician as a resource for how do you deal with this and. With um, Dr. Polak, she has so many great resources that she actually puts out there into the world that really help you as a parent help navigate that. So have a listen, and I would love to hear how this is landing with you. You know, are you having these awkward conversations or are you avoiding these awkward conversations because you don't want your kid to grow up, you know, with all of the crazy messages that we all did when it came to how our bodies should look and feel? All right, Magic Makers, enjoy the episode. And here is this week's iTunes review. It comes to you from Dub by V. She writes, I love the podcast. You speak your mind and you don't sugarcoat anything. I love your energy and your good spirit. Oh, that just fills my heart. You don't even understand how much I enjoy these reviews. So please, if you feel the need, please go to iTunes or wherever you watch, watch listen to this podcast, do me a favor and hit me up with a five-star review. I absolutely love them. They mean the world to me and I will read it on my podcast. So thank you so much Dub by V. It does mean the world to me. All right, magic makers. I have to tell you that, you know, I'm always fascinated by people that I meet online. And I've met my met the current guest online. And she was really talking about a subject that I think many of us as well, I'm not a mom. But for those of you who are mamas, things that we struggle with having conversations with mainly our daughters, but probably our sons as well. Because we grew up in diet culture. And we knew what it was like for our parents, family members, someone else to make a comment about our body. And some of us are still unpacking that shit. (laughs) And we really need to understand, you know, and we know how hard that was. We know how sucky that felt. And so I found uh, Dr. Noha Polak and she, this is her jam. This is what she talks about. This is what she addresses. And I can't wait to hear what she shares with us this, this morning. So welcome to the show, Dr. Polak thank you thank you
1: so much yes thank you for the nice intro i am noha polak i'm a pediatrician i've been practicing pediatrics in new jersey since 1996 so i've had lots of practice and i've made lots of mistakes both as a physician and as a parent and i'm here to share all of my knowledge with you guys
0: yeah and so i mean you know as a pediatrician you you get kids dragged in there for all sorts of things and you know I'm sure what made you start this work is that you saw parents drag in little Jimmy or Johnny and saying, you know, we need to put them on a diet. Exactly. I, I'd like, I like to
1: address the issue, first of all, with people's permission. So if the parent brings the child in for that reason, then I do address it. However, oftentimes I will see a child in for a well visit Mm -hmm. and I will notice that their BMI went up really fast or that they're really on a trajectory that's going to lead to prediabetes, hypertension and other issues. And that's when it gets tricky um, because you should ask permission as a clinician Right. both from the teenager and from the parent to discuss this really sensitive issue. Yeah, I will often walk into the room and you can feel the tension. The parents are tense because they know what the weight is and the child is crying. Oftentimes, boys and girls cry right, right in front of me about their weight. So it's a super sensitive topic and we've got to ask permission. So my first point to make to your audience whether they're clinicians or parents is you know what ask them if they want to talk about it
0: yeah and so if and and I and I and I see that like I'm sure that you know you look around well let me let me back I got I got two tracks when to go first track is that you know when you and I grew up there were not a lot of heavy people in our in our classes there was you know they were the outliers like just where they were the really skinny skinny kids and they were the the heavy kids and now and when you were the heavy kid you felt it more than you probably feel it now and so when that person comes to you and they're just like i i'm just feeling fat i'm overweight i don't know what to do you know what are some of the the, the conversations that you have around that where they're just like i'm just you know lost <laughs>
1: Well, I like to talk about a health journey instead of a weight loss journey ah. with them. So I think about it as a health journey because you, uh, when you're on a journey, you expect ups and downs. Mm. You're a straight line between point A and point B in a health journey. So I start by saying, "Well, do you want to go on a health journey with yeah. me?" And hopefully, parents can use that term also. Do you want to go on a health journey journey yeah. with me? and And explain to them that there will be really good times and really bad times, and expect both and deal with both equally. So that's that's number one that I like to talk about because that sets the expectations that they're gonna sometimes do great and sometimes not so great, and yeah. that still there for them. and the parent is still there for them, whether they're doing well or not. You know, right. all our kids just want to be loved and accepted by us. Absolutely. And if we say to them, this is a journey, I will go on the journey with you if you want to go on a journey. But if you're not ready now, then you let me know when you're ready, because a lot of our kids are just not emotionally ready to go on a health journey. Um, So that's how I start addressing the issue. But I often talk to the parents directly about their role in helping their children stay safe and healthy. So their role is not really to be the food police. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And their role is definitely not to say, Hey, you're getting weight, stop eating. Yes. But their role is to bring the right things into the house and keep the wrong things out of the house for the most part. Right. Right. So we all love food. And that's what I say to them whatever's there, we're going to eat it.
0: Oh, for sure for sure. Um, And you said something that I think that's really interesting. So, you know, if I'm the kid, and I am, I'm understanding that, you know what, I'm, you know, not feeling comfortable in my body. But what about that parent who's like, they, you know, you see your child not making the healthiest choices. And you are trying to navigate that, like, that very tight, rope, that very narrow, tightrope, of um, knowing that, you know, they're reaching for the chips and the cookies regularly. And you're like, I'd love to have you have reach more for the, the apples and the carrots. You know, how do you know, as a parent, how do you start introducing more of that healthiness to the, the your child without it feeling like, you know, you're being, you know, punished or being the food police?
1: So three things, number one, role model. Right? Mm, yeah. So if you're eating junk, they're gonna eat junk too. Number two, availability. If it's if you've got chips in the house, then they're gonna eat it. True. So if all you have in the house are fruits and vegetables, but the chips can be for when you go out once a week or every other time every other week, then they' it's you're not the full food, food police. you're gonna let them eat their chips and enjoy their chips. Once in a while, but not every day in the house. Right. Number three, if you see that, ask them how they feel about themselves, about their body. Look at their body language when they're trying on clothes. Look at their body language when they come home from school. Are they happy or are they stressed? So I like to ask my patients, and I used to ask my kids when they were little, um, how did it go at school? And if I see that they're sad or upset, I ask specifically, is someone bothering you? Did someone say anything hurtful to you today? And if someone is bullying them or saying mean things about their body, that's where I start the conversation.
0: Right, right. So, you know, so it's more about asking about the whole, you know, the whole person, if you will, right? What's truly happening with them and having being able to have those kind of frank conversations with your uh, your child about pretty much anything because you know I'm the big believer it's like you ask one more you ask one question and it just kind of becomes this like you know snowball of questions that you finally get to the root of why they may may or may not be upset
1: exactly exactly and and I can hear parents in the background thinking my kids roll their eyes at me every time I asked them these questions. And that's fair. You know what they do. Um, My kids used to roll their eyes 20 times and once they will actually answer my question. Right. So I kept asking,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's funny because it's like you, as much as you try to distance yourself from your like childhood uh, person, you knew you, you too, you too do the same thing. Like your mom was like, how was school? Fine. Like, you know, just like, just shut up. Like <laughs> it just gave them enough so that they would. You could like go to your room or wherever you wanted to go without listening. But you know, eventually, if you keep asking it at a different angle, eventually you're going to get something more than a grunt out of out of your kid.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Kim, um, there's a point that I think I would really like to amplify in the world of parenting is that. Scales do not measure willpower, okay? Scales just are numbers. So if if the numbers on your scale or on your child's scale are going up, that doesn't mean they don't have willpower. And being overweight is not a personality flaw nor a weakness. It's simply a condition, an issue that should be dealt with. So as a parent, when you're talking to your child, Please help them understand. It is not a weakness. It is not a personality flaw. Help them to understand that the scale does not mean they don't have self control. It's just a number. And the more times you say that, the more they will believe it. Now, imagine you and I grew up in that. Imagine our parents had said oh, that.
0: God, I mean, awesome. This, you know, it's as you're as you're saying this. I was like. I, as a parent, I have to be at that evolved state because, you know, I deal with women over 40 and many of the, you know, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because I know that those parents are still dealing with the trauma, dealing with the trauma of the bullying, because they were the kid who was on the heavy side of the the spectrum. Um, They were the kid who parents made them, may, may or may, may or not made them weigh in or sent them to a fat camp, you know, they, you know, I think about Weight Watchers, the thought of it is a very, you know, empowering thought, like bring people together and make it more of a community, community, we work together. But the first damn thing you do is step on a scale. Like, who's excited to do that? Like, I'm going to Weight Watchers today, I'm going to step on a scale. Like, no one is excited. So I agree with you, like, that scale is literally just your relationship with gravity. And it has no relation with um, anything. Like I might be a smaller, compact person and really heavy on that scale. And I might have lost five inches. And because the scale didn't budge a pound, I'm defeated. Exactly. Exactly my
1: point. So I'm hoping to change the narrative by speaking out as much as possible about the fact that just because you're struggling with your weight or with your health, it doesn't make you weak. I like to use examples with kids, and I'm hoping parents can use examples too. I like to use examples like Lizzo. Do you think that Lizzo is is a successful person? Yes. So if Lizzo is a successful person and she's struggling with her weight, what does that mean? It means that everyone can struggle with their weight. It is not it does not mean you're not intelligent. It does not mean you're not strong. Right. You can be strong and intelligent and everything and still struggle with your weight. And that's okay. That's yeah. just fine.
0: And it feels funny because I think about like, you know, now kids can relate because they know who Lizzo is. And I think about when I first started, you know, coaching and training, I always refer to Oprah. Oprah Winfrey is, you know, in the top 10 richest woman on the planet. She has struggled with her weight. And I love the fact that she's very open. She's like, yeah, she's like, I, like, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, and she just, and she admits it. She's like, I'm great for a while. And then I'm not. And it's great when you have these famous people who you can look to and be like, okay, they have everything that you would aspire to have. Yet they, they have the same struggle that you do.
1: Exactly. So imagine you as a parent having a conversation with your child and helping them love their body the way it is right now. Right. You know, and helping them understand that they're not weak, that they are still strong, that they're capable, and that when someone says something mean to them at school, it's just an opinion, not a fact. Oh help oh your kid goodness. differentiate. Differentiate. This kid says the sky is green. But is the sky green? Really? It's
0: just their opinion. Who cares? And i <laughs> like, as you say this, you know, um, I, I, was, I used to work at a, um, once a year, I used to do this big fitness camp for women. And we had a whole big hour long thing about unpacking just like the bullshit stories that people people put on you, not the stories that you made up yourself, but just the things. And this one woman, I think she was like in her 50s. And she remembered this guy's first and last name, and he was the first person ever called her fat. Over 50 years ago, he called her fat on the playground, and that seed just took root in her brain and just changed the trajectory of her life. And so I love that you're saying this, it's opinion on a fact. And as a parent, if we can start like you know, empowering our children to be like, you know what? Do you really give a shit about that little kid on the playground? (laughs) And in 20 years, you might remember that person's first and last name, but are they going to have any, you know, any part of your life? None. Except for the, 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 space you give them up here. And I bet you that person doesn't even remember they said that to you.
1: I guarantee they don't. As a matter of fact, kids can be so mean, and they can learn yes. out the things, but it's still our job as parents to help our kids kind of filter
0: mm. the junk
1: that comes into their lives. So we can, if, if your child is called that, you can say to them, opinions are not facts.
0: I, I love that. I, I absolutely love that because it's like, if you think about, we all like, you could be like, I could think this is the best sweatshirt on the planet. And they're like, "Hmm, not my taste. And is it going to, it's for me, I'm like, I like the sweatshirt. So I'm still going to wear it. And it's like, I, you know, I think as an adult, we kind of grow into that, you know, but as a child, especially the, um, those like awkward years,
1: the preteens. Yes. So
0: like, you know, they're like eight to like 15 where you're just trying to like navigate who the hell you are. And like all the, various cliques within um, your school or your social group. And you're just trying to like, maybe, you know, maybe on Wednesday, we do wear pink, right? You're just trying to figure out like what it is that who you're supposed to be. And I'm sure trying to navigate weight loss during that period of time, like, good Lord, I don't, I don't want to go back to that period of my life.
1: Me neither. Me neither. Me neither. I mean, I feel like as, as parents I still have my parents' voice in my head. In yeah, my you do. You know, so if we as parents now say the right things over and over again, that voice will continue to yes. reverberate in, in their children's brains when they're in their 50s and 60s. So just keep saying opinions are not facts. The, I, scale, I, I, the scale does not measure your willpower. Yeah. And, 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 and it does not mean you're weak if you're struggling with weight, Period. That's it. That's the message you give your children to help them feel good, not only inside but outside. Now, should you really just let your child be out of control with eating? Well, not really, right? You should guide them. Guide them gently. Don't make them do things they hate doing. If they hate exercise, well, you can't make them do it. Yes. They're continue to do it. If they hate vegetables, you can't make them eat it. But right. you can kind of coax them into things, and as parents, we know how to do that. Um, and to be fair to parents, they're they're kind of trying to guide their children through a huge yes. minefield of issues, especially with the pandemic and with social media, and with with you know all the stuff we have to deal with now. So, parents, here's my message to you: If you don't know what to say, go to someone to help you learn what to say. Yes. Your pediatrician should be a resource, a huge resource. That's number one. Number two, your other resource are, you know, trusted online um, sites such as healthychildren.org. I don't Google everything because Google can take you down a rabbit hole. Oh God, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Um, So I, I also know the struggle of moms and dads out there that are, okay, what do I talk to my kid about today? Is it the bad news? or is it the pandemic or is it politics or is it their health
0: or do you like Pollyanna everything? And, you know, and it's like, we, you know, you kind of gloss it over, like, you know, it's, it's okay. It's fine. And you're like, "Mm," you know, it's hard. I mean, there's so many, you know, I think now there's so many landmines that as a parent, we can walk into and, and just also think about like what, other kids are bringing into school about their thoughts and opinions on all the various world topics these days. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So we do our best. I'm hoping to amplify that message and to help kids feel good about themselves and their bodies and to help guide parents into that conversation, into that health journey conversation.
0: Well, you know, I want to circle back on a couple of things you said when we were, were, you know, talking about how, you know, parents shouldn't be the food police and, you know, moving forward, no one should ever be the food police. And so there were two things that kind of popped into my brain that I still see now, right? I think about, you know, women my age, we were the, I'd say the like first generation of diet culture, you know, like before I'd say the, the before the eighties, the only thing you really ever heard of was like Weight Watchers and like a few of these kind of like diets that no one had even heard of. But it like I feel like at the 80s and 90s, like you know, diets just like like mushroom cloud. And so one of the big things I always see um talk uh, food pushers. Right. You know, it's the oh the, uh, you can't leave your until your plates empty. Or when you go to a particular relative's house or a friend's house, there's the Make sure you eat this or try this or, you know, whatever their specialty dishes. is. And so, you you know, I see a lot of people who, I mean, you know, a lot of my clients, they tell me that, you know, they feel like they can't say no to the, the food pushers in their life. So... Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things,
1: one of the biggest mistakes that I'd like to to talk to parents about at times is that are you giving mixed messages, Mm. right? Are you telling your child to finish everything on their plate? And then you turn around and say, oh, you're overweight or you're this or that. So stop with the mixed messages as a parent, right? So absolutely. If your child does not finish the food on their plate, the hungry people in Africa will not be fed, has no relationship to it whatsoever. But So if your child is full, their child is full, let them stop eating. But if they're full now and in a half hour, they're asking for a snack, that's not okay.
0: Right. right? And then Then, that's when you have the conversation.
1: Like what was wrong with dinner? (laughs) Or, Or you simply say, I'm sorry, there's no food until the next meal. Right. Period. Right. So you as a parent get to set limits, absolutely, you have the right to set limits, but you should not force your child to eat if they're not hungry, or if they actually hate the food. Now, we do want our kids to eat healthy. So we do want to encourage as much as possible that they have to eat their vegetables and fruits. And there's a whole way of doing that. Now, so if you're a parent at home, please don't try to be pushy. But if your kid is out at a party, right, and everybody's eating pizza, then let them eat pizza, right? They're yeah. gonna eat everything that they're having. But you're right about pushy eating. I mean, I don't know how to handle that. And I know that as a child, it's super hard to say no to an adult. Oh yeah. Well, because especially to, you to do something.
0: Especially if it's a relative, you know, it's like you're at your grandmother's house or your aunt's house, and you know, the food is just like <laughs> coming at you and coming at you, coming at you. And it's as a as a kid, you know, it's really helping them navigate that like especially if you said the mixed message, if you just say, you know what, I'm full. And that person and being respectful, like, you know what, I'm full. Thank you. And teaching them it is okay to be respectful and just say you're full. Exactly. Perfect. Well, that's the perfect message. Thank you. (laughs) Well, because I I know for me, like, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my clients, they have food pushers and they will say, they'll come, you know, like I, when I go to so-and-so's house, like they're just always throwing food at me. And I'm like, just, you know, have a couple bites just to make them feel happy, but don't feel like you have to like eat until like they will you out of the room.
1: That's right. You're absolutely right. Mixed messages can be rough. And they're they're probably the same relatives that will say to you, Oh, that pant looks a little tight on you today. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and you're like, Yeah, because you fed me, <laughs> you fed me like, <laughs> all the starving people in Africa were full. Exactly. Um, the other thing that I, 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 also think about is, um, good food, bad food, you know, that's, um, you know, and and I, and it's okay. Like, I, I get it. Like if your kid's filling up on junk, like, Hey, stop filling up on junk where you're like, it's more about, you want to make sure they're eating for dinner or whatever the next meal might be. So you're like, don't fill up on junk. That's a, a very different broad category, but just like, Oh, those chips are bad or pizza's bad or, you know, whatever is bad, but this is good.
1: So you're right. I, I hate labeling food as well as good, good or bad. There's no such thing in my opinion. It's right. all nutritious, at, at least a little bit. Um, the, the key here for me is have your child have a good relationship with food. So yeah, yeah. they, if all they have available to them all the time is good food and once in a while, I'm sorry, I, to to not to label it but healthy food yeah. and and once in a while there's a less healthy food available then they're going to eat it but if your right, house is right. full of less healthy food that's all they're going to eat again right. it's all about availability when it comes to children it's really different from adults cuz we can go out and get in a car and go buy whatever we want right Right. Kid, but our, there 12 there. Year old is, our 12 year old is not doing that. They're eating whatever we bring into the house. So the, the conversation to the parent and to the child is different than if you were to be talking to an adult who's trying to control their eating um, habits. So with parents, I always say you're only in control of availability. Yeah. OK, so if there's only one small bag of chips in the house, they're only going to have that one. If you have 10, then they're going to fill up on 10. Right.
0: You know, and I I, I like, I like the, you're in control of the availability, but if I, you know, some parents like swing to the far other side where, you know, it's gluten-free, soy free, you know, you know, all the fun food is like forbidden, you know, that, that, like the thought of any processed food coming into the house is just like. You know, you you might as well bring in a nuclear warhead.
1: So food restriction is is a really touchy topic in pediatrics, um, and we approach it carefully. I absolutely think our children should be eating everything that they're not allergic to. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Everything that they're not allergic to. And we can't assume they're allergic to something until they eat without, it without, without truly getting a testing or, you know, a professional opinion about that. Right. Okay. So never having bread in the house is so unrealistic because your kid's going to eat
0: bread somewhere. Right. Someone's um, going to be like, here's a sandwich because that is in our vernacular sandwiches. I think, I think we should have a good relationship with food
1: And with a a variety of food and there's no good food or bad food, there's, you know, to to some point moderation is a great idea and some of us are capable of it and others are less capable of it. So those of us who have a hard time with moderation, with certain things, like with me, for example, it's bread. Right. I bring a a small amount of bread into my house. I don't buy huge amounts. So again, I I do that, but I do think that food restriction can really be harmful to children. Mm -hmm. Both. both emotionally and physically, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And and on both food restrictions on both sides, be it, you know, never have fun foods or, you know, forcing the um, eating of a specific nutritional profile. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with
1: that. And then it, it makes them kind of swing the other way when you're not around.
0: Yeah, you know, it's um I think about like, you know, I don't have children, but my friends who have kids and the kids who come with like a list. Yes. And I was like, if I was a parent, I'd be like, that's a kid we're not gonna play with anymore. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I'm, like, I can't keep up. Like, it's hard. It's
1: hard to follow the restrictions.
0: Yeah, like but, but there's true food allergies out there. And right. let, like let me that. know what's gonna kill your kid. Other than that. It's an open. It's an open book. If you if you're supposed to, you going to let your kid out of the house.
1: Absolutely. You know, our kid. We don't own our kids. At some right. point, they go, and we're not going to be in control um, at all. So it's much better for us to enable our children to make good decisions than to make the decisions for them.
0: Yeah, and, and I like where this is going because it's, I feel like this, as you as you said earlier, like the things that our parents say, say to us, even if they say it over and over and over again, and we pretend to tune them out, you know, as they say, repetition is, is learning. That's how we learn things. And so at some point, you know, even if you, even if you can't believe it's coming out of your mouth, you are going to say something your parent had said to you or some other, you know, person in authority had said to you earlier, and you're just gonna be like, oh! I can't believe I just said that. And <laughs> even if it probably annoyed the crap out of you at the time, can't believe you said that. But, it, you know, if uh, if us showing our kids that it's okay to be comfortable around food, that it's okay that I have this, there's times I have fun foods, there's times I have healthy foods and, you know, I'm not taking to my bed because I overindulged in whatever it is I may have overindulged in. So that, you know, kids... like you said, um, parrot back, like what they've learned from their, uh, their parents.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, our job as parents is to make them not need us to make good decisions, right? That's our job to make, to to kind of, you know, work ourselves out of a job so that they can be good, comfortable, happy adults. And, um, if we're, if that's our goal, then we're not going to try to control them, but help them make good choices.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I absolutely, um, absolutely love this. And, you know, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is that you, you you, know, you talked about it's, it's, it's one step at a time, right? It's not, you know, as you, as we started the show, you said, you know, i like to just sit down and be like, are we open to going on the journey? That's just fabulous. And so for you, you know, is the journey like, Here's the roadmap, but we're only going to get to mile one today. So I think kids and, and many parents will become
1: overwhelmed if, I, if we go to the end first. Right. We just start with one habit at a time. They yep. ask, them, do you want to talk about changing one habit or two? And if they say two, then I have them enumerate habits that they're willing to change. Not that I'm going to pick for them. It's yes. often like, you know, soda and, um, you know, I'd like to have, you know, three sodas a day. So we just knock it down to two a day. Right. Right. I don't take away anything that they love. Right. Yeah. 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 It's not going to last. It's not doable. Yeah. So there's no way that I can tell you that every patient is the same or every kid is the same. Everybody has to be treated as an individual. Yes. Right. This is personalized, totally mm-hmm. personalized care. So you have to sit down and have an in-depth conversation. What do you love? Yeah. No, what I, are you willing to decrease, and what can you do a little bit better? But our goal is never a weight. And they always ask me that: "What's my goal weight? What are you going to help me get to?" I, I'm not, and I never answer it. I'm going to get you to healthy lifestyle. I'm not going to get you to a certain weight.
0: You know, it's so funny. So I, the, you know, you're a doctor. And the one thing I know because I do this work is that within 15 minutes of my physical, I'm stepping on a scale. And it always makes me crazy because I know that the scale is more, for you, it's more of an indication of like, is there something going on? But culture makes us have it, the meaning is way more. Because it's like, you look at it, if, 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 I've, if I have put on, say, 30 pounds in, since the last year that you saw me, you're going to be like, huh, is there something physiologically going on with you? Exactly, exactly. Where, for me, if I put on 30 pounds in a year, I'm, it, that's not, there clearly must be something wrong with me. Like I, my, what's wrong with me is like I have no willpower.
1: And that's why we need to change that conversation. So we do have to wait, especially kids, right? Because especially right. during the, the pubertal time, it's really critical how they're growing, right? right. And where the numbers are. Both and where weight, they are on their
0: benchmark. Yeah.
1: So I try to tell them this, look, I'm also measuring your blood pressure. Am I going to blame you if you have high blood pressure? Absolutely not. Am I going to blame you if your weight went up? Absolutely not. There's no blame. Blame game is right. not. Necessary. All we need to understand is that these are numbers. What do the numbers indicate? And how can we help you get to a healthier place? Right. Right. But you're right about that. That the goal should not be a weight, but we do have to know what the weight is so that we understand: are you gaining water weight? Is your kidney working okay? Is your liver cleaning things up properly? Right. you know, are your hormones okay? Do you have any thyroid issues? We've got to figure that out. So we can't avoid the scale in a medical setting, but we don't have to obsess about it.
0: Yeah. And it's, and I think, you know, for me, because I get underneath the hood and I think for other people that those conversations should be like, this is why we take your weight. Like, so that like, we don't, aren't feel, don't, aren't feeling embarrassed you know, especially I know a lot of my clients have put, put on weight because of the pandemic. You're like, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty, you know, two years ago, like, was this like the walking dead scenario? Or were we going to come out of it?
1: Absolutely. You're right. I think clinicians should be a little bit more transparent about why certain things are happening on a regular basis. Really good point, Kim.
0: Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, it, it literally in the first, you know, 15 minutes, you pee in a cup, you, you get a cuff on you and you step on the scale and, and maybe take some blood. Like, and so like for blood, you're like, yeah, you need to know what's going on inside of me. So like, that's pretty self-explanatory. Blood pressure is pretty self-explanatory, but for most people, you're like, you're judging me. <laughs> when you step on the scale. So that's a
1: good point And I'm going to take that home.
0: Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, I think everything you've given here, it's, that's what I loved about when I was, you know, um, creeping on you before we got on the call is that you're practical, right? You know, I, I know a lot of, um, and it's happened to me that, you know, you go to a doctor and you literally are giving like forms. And this is, you know, you're like, oh, I've put on a little weight and blah, blah, blah. And you're giving these forms and you're like, okay, that's a lot. And you're like, am I going to read these forms? Probably not. But your approach was like, okay, here, you know, where do you feel comfortable starting?
1: If you're even comfortable starting yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it's like you're putting the them in the driver's seat where you're just like, okay. I'm sitting here in the passenger seat. I'm just going to, I'm going to be the navigator, but you're going to be the driver. And I think that makes, as you, as you, you know, talked about in your bio, like that makes me more empowered because I feel like, you know, I always, a lot of clients will come to me and I'm sure your patients come to you and they're like, well, just give me a goal. And I was like, I can't just give you a goal because if you're not connected at some point when it gets hard, you're going to tap out. Absolutely it's going to tap out.
1: Um, You know, I love treating kids, but now I can see the pain that that this whole pandemic and weight gain has caused. Mm. And I think our voice needs to be amplified much more, Kim. Um, You know what? Because we need to speak out. We need to tell parents about how to talk to their kids about this because the other huge crisis that's happening now is a teenage mental health crisis. Oh God, yeah. And a lot of it is really related to their body image and yeah. they can't separate that. So as no. parents, I don't know how to stress to parents anymore how important it is, how they talk to their kids, how they empower their kids, how mindset is super important. Mm-hmm. If you enable your child to differentiate an opinion from a fact... Yes. To differentiate the scale from their willpower, then you've already set them up for success. You've kind of made them resilient. Yeah. Right? So, as professionals, people like you and me need to speak out about that. And I want to, I just want to put myself out there and say, if you need a speaker to amplify that message, I'm your person.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it loudly. I want to have conversations about it. And I want to even take on the haters. I've already taken on enough haters. I can yes. do that. Bring it on.
0: No, and I and I I love that because like your mental health is the linchpin, especially in these troubling. Like, one, we're in troubling times, but also if I'm just already feeling weird about my body in general, because that's what you do when you're in the te- the preteen teenage years. Like, hormones are just going wild. <laughs> And you are just trying to just figure out who you are and your body is like on its own trajectory. (laughs) Exactly. And it it can be very hard. You're just trying to just fit in to just life and it can be hard. And, you know, body images, everything is, you know, social media, just, I mean, I'm grateful that I didn't grow up with social media because it was hard Mm -hmm. enough just seeing certain people at school. I can't imagine seeing people who I'm never going to meet in life. (laughs) How they approach life, and I think that's how I should be approaching life too. Repeatedly, it's
1: yeah. not like we, we used to look at magazines and then put the magazine down. But these, this is in your face on social for, media for hours,
0: over and over. And I'm over.
1: doing this. The repetition is killing these kids. That's what we need to keep repeating the right message. Right. To try our best to negate those messages.
0: Yeah, and I and I love that because it's like, it's, and especially as a parent, I also have to work on my body image issues. Because, you know, like you said, even though I wasn't seeing it on social media, it, we, it, the Keeping Up With The Joneses started because there was a new magazine article out with the new diet and how this person, this actress, lost 400 pounds in four minutes just by, you know, eating ice <laughs> chips. And we, we bought it, hook, line, and seeker.
1: We did, myself included. Again, you know, one thing about being in your midlife or later, like myself, is to say that, you know, what I've learned from all of these things, right? And to tell your kids, you know what, I'm not, I'm not sharing this information with you to tell you what to do. I just want you to understand that I was where you were. I've done it. I've, I've made all these mistakes already. Here are my mistakes. You can choose right. to make all the same mistakes if that's what you want, but just know what mine, mine were.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I, I know for me as a coach, I'm always like, Hey, you're going to head for that brick wall. Some of you need to hit the brick wall and then fall down, and then you're ready for me to pick you up. Others like it that I've got my arms out trying to protect you from the brick wall. So you know, as a parent, you can say the same thing. You're like, you can hit the brick wall; I'll be here to pick you up, or yes. we can stop right here and we can move move forward. And I think yes. it's having those frank conversations that will really go um, a long way. Excellent. So this has just been. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for for taking your time, Noah. And, you know, where can, so one more question before it, what's the one thing that makes you feel magical? The one thing that makes
1: me feel magical is when I see in someone's eyes the recognition that, oh, wait, you mean I am not a bad person because I keep gaining weight? Yes. or. You mean I'm not weak? For me, that's like just watching that, that huge mindset shift in their eyes, like when their eyes are wide open, that makes me feel magical. And that's why I don't want to say it to one or two people. I want to say it to thousands of people. Yes, yes, yes. So that message is out there as loud as possible.
0: Yeah. So I know that you have, um, you're very active on social media, which I absolutely, I love that, you know, you see a lot of these like faux people. So I love when they're people who are actually credentialed, (laughs) preaching the gospel. Where can people find you on the social media? So um, my website is
1: progressivepediatrics.com. I have a wellness center. Um, So if you go to the wellness section, also I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Progressive Pediatrics. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Healthy Kids Doc. On Instagram at Progressive Pediatrics, I try to do it all. So Progressive Pediatrics and Healthy Kids Doc are the two handles that I use. And again, if you would like to reach out to me right through my website, you can send me an email and I'd love to speak with you more, either about helping your specific child or your family get to a healthier place or to speak at an event or a podcast. That's my goal, amplify the message.
0: Yes. Awesome. And thank you so much. I've, I've just everything you've said. And I'm like, I love when you meet people that like your ideology and just like meshes so nicely. I mean, the one step at a time, it's just fabulous because we all think we're supposed to climb a building in one single bound. And that's just, there's only a handful of people who can do that. I don't know any, <laughs> right, I mean, that's what they call them superheroes. So, oh, fair enough. Yeah. I haven't met a superhero in real life. If you guys have reached out, you know, I'm, I'm always into, into the phenomena of people who can do that. But thank you so much for taking your time and chatting with me this afternoon.
1: It's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for
0: having me on. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.